right, good morning. We're just trying to build anticipation for the Word of God. So if you will, stand with us, and we will read Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. And do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. That ends the reading. Please be seated. This morning as we conclude our series, uh, This Is Us, we're going to talk about relationships. Relationships. And um, relationships can be hard. In our life, you know, they can be the most life-giving, fulfilling life-sustaining things, the things that, that give us energy, that, that keep us going, right? And relationships can also be the thing in our life that's most draining and most difficult and challenging. And when it comes down to it, uh, relationships are challenging because of sin, because of our own natu- natural sin nature that makes us all worry about ourselves first and foremost. I've got a video I'd like to show you that I think reminds us a little bit of this truth. Like, listen to me, listen to me. Like, like I do this all the time, and if I go out at the, at the house with the door, Matthew has his toys, and then Matthew has all his toys. Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, Linda, Linda, listen, 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 you. listen, listen. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can't trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me. Look at If we do something, if you get that out, that birthday off, you're going to break it. Okay. But I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot, no, no Linda, Linda, I'm, li- lick it, lick it. you're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes and you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Linda, Didn't you? Linda, lick it, lick it, lick it. If we do something right out, if we get clothes out, you can't even get them, you can burn your butt. What's going to bring your butt? You and Kevin don't listen. So I have to give both of you guys pop pals in your butt. But Linda, but Grandpa's going to give me pop pals in your butt. No, he's not. I have to, you want? You don't want me to hit Kevin or you don't want me to spank you? No. Why? Because anybody wants to spank me. Then I have to spank Kevin. He's your little pop-ups, but he doesn't listen. But Linda, honey. I'm not breaking anything down. I'm just letting you know Linda, you cannot Linda, have cupcakes it, for dinner. It, Linda, Linda, like this, 
I'm done arguing with you. I'm done arguing with you. You need to listen to the things that I say because I'm the mom and I'm the adult. Listen to me. All the time you get them I'm done break. arguing with you. Linda, I'm done arguing with you. One day that little boy is going to be in front of the Supreme Court, <laughs> squinting his eyes for effect. Listen, listen to me. Right? We've all probably been there. I've noticed that the, uh, the people with small children are laughing the hardest at this, right? Because it's very real right now. But, but this isn't just... This isn't just in a parent-child relationship, right? In a lot of our relationships, we have this very same struggle because, again, naturally, we want our own way. In our sin nature, we want what we want. And what happens is in relationships, oftentimes, you have two individuals who want what they want. And those things don't always add up. When they do align, that's great. Everything's great, but sometimes in life, our spouse or our child or our friend or our neighbor or our boss and our ideas don't line up. And so how do we navigate through those situations? Well, the good news for us is Paul gives us a lot of advice in his letter to the Colossian church. And so I want to dive in and look at that this morning because even though a lot of things in life cause relationships to break... I think Paul gives us some really good advice as to how these relationships can thrive. And so we start in verse 18, and it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Now, as soon as I read verse 18, there are several of you that began to cringe, right? Right? Right, ladies? You don't like that verse, a lot of you. Right? And so... With all of Scripture, when we look at Scripture, we have to look at a couple of things. Number one, first and foremost, we want to know what God is trying to teach us. And God's teachings are not always easy, right? Some of God's teachings are hard for us, and they're challenging and difficult. But also, when we understand the Bible and to understand it properly, we have to understand context. Because originally when this was written, Paul wrote this to who? This is a letter to who? The Colossian church. So Paul writes this as a letter in a historical period in time when, when how were women viewed at this time? Like property. Women were viewed in a lot of ways like property. And so as we read this whole passage, right, we get to the end of it and what do we have? A relationship between slaves and their masters. Now, in today's culture, we would all raise our hands and say, right, slavery is an abomination, it's, we've gotten rid of it because it's horrible. It's not right. And yet, in this passage of Scripture, Paul is addressing the relationship between slaves and masters. And so, when you read this, don't think of it as, as harsh and abrasive like it might come across. But think of it as, what are the things, what are the truths that we can take from this passage of Scripture that are important for us to learn today? In fact, if we look at other passages of Scripture where Paul writes the very same things, like Ephesians, Paul concludes that passage in Ephesians by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
And so when we look at this, the truth that we can gain and learn for all relationships is that relationships thrive on submission and love. In any relationship, you have two individuals who want their own way. We want what we want. And so God teaches us, Paul teaches us, that one of the keys for successful relationships is how can I learn to submit my own desires for the desires of someone else? Because any married couples in here will tell you, right, marriage is not 50-50. We all know that, right? Marriage is not a 50-50 proposition. If anything, it's, it's more like 80-20 in favor of the wife, right? No, it's not. It's 100%, 100%. It's you saying, listen, I am giving all of myself to this other person. I'm going to put this other person's needs and desires and wants ahead of my own. That's the only way it works. As Susie nudges Kevin back there in the aisle, right? That's the only way marriage works. When you give 100% of yourself to another person. And Paul is reminding of this truth and he's saying, listen, your relationship with, will thrive when you submit your own desires to the desires of someone else. This is not simply in marriage relationships, it's in all relationships. Paul reminds us of, of, of this truth in his letter to the Philippian church, Right? In chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul goes on and on and he says basically that what we should be as Christians is we should be walking around looking not to our own interests but to the interests of others. That we should be looking for ways that we can serve our fellow Christians. That we can build them up, that we can esteem them, that we can honor them, that we can value them. Giving up our own will and desires for the will of our fellow Christians. Not just our spouse, but our neighbor. The person sitting next to us. In the pew. He goes on to compare how we, should, how we should act. He says our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus. Who even though he was God and was equal to God. He made himself so humble that he became a human. A lowly human. And became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. And in that act of humility. In that act of putting us before himself. Right? Because it's clear Jesus did not want to do that, did he? What did he say in the Garden of Gethsemane? If there's any way, God, you can make this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. But yet, Jesus put us before himself. And that's our example, that's our model. And in that very act, he destroyed sin, he destroyed death so that we have the ability to overcome our selfishness and have successful relationships. The key to our successful relationships isn't elbow grease and trying harder. Although husbands, if you use a little elbow grease around the house, it goes a long way, trust me. But the key to successful relationships is the power of Jesus in our lives. His example of submission. His example of being a servant. And then love. Love. The Bible tells us love covers over a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean you, get, you can go out and do whatever you want and then bring flowers home, right? We're not talking about 
romantic love even necessarily here. We're not talking about, you know, the Hollywood version of love. When we are talking about love here, we're talking about a willful, a choice of love that every day you say, today I choose to love you. Today I'm going to put your needs before mine. Today I'm going to make conscious decisions to show you love. That's how relationships thrive. That's how they grow. That's how they become better. It's putting other people before ourselves and making that choice each and every day. I am going to love this person to the best of my ability. Goes on. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything. You listening, Andy? All right. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. All right, so first we have this relationship of equals, right? A, a, a spouse relationship, a friendship. And Paul tells us the key to these kind of relationships is mutual submission and love. If we can submit to one another and love each other, those relationships will work out. Now he's talking about a different relationship. In particular, he's talking about children and parents, but I think any kind of relationship that, that fits this model. And the key to this relationship is obedience and support. Obedience and support. I remember uh, growing up, I had, I had uh, several chores, and I hated my chores. I just, I just did, right? Anyone have chores growing up? Good. All right. They build character. All right. But the two things I really hated were mowing the lawn and cleaning the pool. I mean, hated those. And, and those are things that my dad, you know, my dad and I, we, we butted heads over those time and again. And so, uh, listen, I'm convinced that he installed something in the lawnmower that made it difficult to operate. I would try and try to start that thing. I would be pulling on that lawnmower for like 20 minutes. You know, I would be experimenting with some of the words I learned at school the week before. As I, was, as I was doing this, and, you know, I would be getting so frustrated and upset. And then my dad would walk out, and I, I'm sure that he had, like, a remote control in his pocket. He would click, and then he would get within five feet of the lawnmower, and it would start. And I, 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 hated, I hated mowing the lawn, and, and, you know, sometimes I'd just get so frustrated mowing it. And, you know, because you have to obey. If you don't obey as a child, there's what? Consequences. Right? And so you learn, you teach your children to obey. That's not something that comes naturally to them, right? The very first word kids learn is no. Obedience is not natural. It goes against our nature. And so as parents, we teach children to obey. But simultaneously, we have to learn to support them as well. And so I would get to the point where I was was really frustrated mowing the grass and then Oftentimes my dad would come out and he would just do just enough, like he would, he would maybe get the, uh, the weed eater around the tree and, you know, near the fence area to make it just a little bit easier for me. Like when he knew that I was probably a, on the verge of, of, like, committing atrocities. You know, I was right at that level. He would come out and he'd provide that, that support, right? But then there was this whole other aspect, right? It's the, it's the pool, I really hated cleaning the pool too. It was just, it was tedious. You got to clean the filter. You got to do everything. You got to brush it first. And then you got to vacuum it. And you got to set it all up. And you got to get it just right. And so I remember hating that chore. And um, my dad helped with that one a little bit less. 
right? His support wasn't quite as generous with the, with the pool as it was with the lawn. In fact, I'll never forget when I went away um, to college. You know, when, you, when kids go away to college, what do you do as parents? You send them what? Care packages. That's right. So, you, you know, like your good parents, they're going away and you're missing your kids. And, and what do you do? You, you know, you, you bake them something. You send them a care package, their favorite snack or whatever. We'll note, hey, we love you. We miss you. You know, hey, we're renting your room out. You know, whatever. Whatever you, you put in the, in the care package. And, and I remember, remember, you know, I'm, I'm at college and I get a care package from my dad. And I'm excited. I'm like, you know, I wonder what, he, wonder what he's got for me. And he has for me a picture. It's a picture of the automatic pool cleaner he just bought. I'm like, what the heck, Dad? What about my little brother? Why is he not suffering? He needs to experience this, this pain. I mean, this, this thing that will help him grow character. But in any one of these relationships, the key is, is we've got to learn as... as it calls for it. We've got to learn to obey. And then when we're in a position of authority, how can we come along and how can we support and encourage and empower and equip our children or those underneath us? And those are the things that will make relationships thrive. Verse 22 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters and everything. And I want us to think about this. Uh, not that our jobs are slavery. Well, depending on your job, I don't know, right? But I want us to think about this as a work relationship, not necessarily what's going on here, and I, and I think it applies. Slaves, obey your earthly masters and everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. And so in this kind of a relationship, in a work relationship, I think it's very important for us to recognize that attitude and effort are going to make those relationships thrive. Any of you that has been a boss knows that when an employee gives 110%, and when they have a positive attitude, that goes a long way. I mean, if you have two employees and one of them maybe is, they're all and the superior, but they have a bad attitude and they don't give it their all, and then the other person doesn't maybe have quite as much proficiency, but they give 110% and they have a good attitude, which one do you want working for you? The one with the good attitude and effort. Time and again. Because relationships thrive on that. And so Paul reminds us of this truth. And he says, listen, when you're working, don't just work hard because your boss is watching you and you want to get a bonus. Don't just work hard so you'll curry favor with them. Work hard because you're working for an audience of one. You're working for God. And God says, do everything. Everything you can with all you've got. Every ounce of your being. Work at it because you're working for me. Some of you may remember the TV show uh, Seinfeld. And the TV show Seinfeld, there was a character named Kramer. And Kramer was uh, 
Well, I think they called him a hipster doofus, right? He was, he was a, an eccentric character, and he always seemed to just back into these good scenarios. Like, he backed into money, and he never really worked. He just kind of always had stuff, and everything kind of fell in his lap, and it was all good. And then finally, one episode, he decides he wants, he's going to go to work because he needs structure. And so he gets up early, and Jerry comes out, and he's already in Jerry's house, and he's making breakfast and coffee. And he says he's going to work, and he starts this job, and he, he goes and works hard, and everyone, everyone loves him because he's Kramer, and he has this good attitude, and he works hard, and so everyone loves Kramer. Until it comes time for him to, to do his, his reports. And so he does these reports for his uh, boss, and uh, the boss calls him in. And he's sitting at the desk, and the boss is almost apologetic. And he, he talks to, about how great Kramer is, and how much he likes him, and how much everyone likes him. But he says, listen, these are the worst reports I've ever seen. It's almost as if you have no business training at all. We're going to have to let you go. And Kramer responds, but I don't even really work here. Because he didn't even have a job. He was just hanging out at the office with a good attitude and working hard. But he didn't even actually work there. And he he kept going and going because people wanted him to be around. Right? And we all know people like that. The person who just, just, you know, is happy and and makes everyone happy and works hard. You want to be around that person. Relationships thrive in that context. And God is saying, do that. Be that person. And don't do it for your boss or don't do it because it's going to make you look good. It will. But do it because you're doing it for me. Because you're working for me. Do it because of everything that I have done for you. So when we look at all of these different aspects of, of relationships. We look at romantic relationships and, and marriage, and we look at friendships and peers, and we look at um, parenting relationships, and we look at work relationships. We all have maybe all of these relationships, but we all have, certainly have some of them. And the question is what relationships in my life right now need tweaking? What are the ones that, that today in my life? I need to improve, I need to work on, because we started this, this message out by saying, listen, relationships can be either the most life-giving and encouraging and fulfilling things in our life, or they can be the hardest. And to be honest, we all probably have some of each. We probably have some relationships that are just constantly filling our tanks, and we probably have some relationships that are draining us. And so what are the ones that need tweaking? Do I need to do a better job in my life of submitting and loving? There were two men, and they were walking down a street, and uh, the older man was, was kind of mentoring the younger man, and they were, they were, they were talking and chatting, and, and the, the older man was, was kind of giving him some uh, marriage pointers. And uh, so he said to the younger man, he's like, you know, marriage is, is one of the greatest teachers. Because of marriage, I learned uh, humility. I learned patience. I learned compromise. I learned a lot of other great things that I never would have had to learn if I stayed single. That was a joke, guys. Right? 
And marriage does teach us those things. Because we have to learn to give up our own selfish desires and give to someone else that we love. And it has to be a daily thing. So do I need to tweak that relationship? Or in the same way, in a friendship or, or a neighbor, do I need to learn to give up my own selfish desires and love my friend or my neighbor or my enemy better? Or maybe it's a parenting relationship, right? Maybe you feel like Linda in the video <laughs> and you just can't get through it. And you're like, but my kids just won't obey. Maybe you need to say, how can I better support them? How can I better empower them? How can I better equip them to make those right choices? Or maybe it's at work. And maybe you're in a situation that is just hard and miserable and draining. Remember, your audience is not your boss. It's not the person sitting at the desk next to you. Your audience is Jesus Christ. And his example, and his great love, and his great sacrifice should be all the motivation we need to submit ourselves to love better, to obey, to encourage, to have a good attitude, and to give everything we can back to him. Heavenly Father, We thank you for your word. I thank you that we can learn truth from your scriptures. This morning as we we read Colossians, you give us instructions on how to thrive in our relationships. But Father God, uh, what it really comes down to is us embracing your love. And as we embrace your love, it fills us so full that we share that love with each other, that we share that love with the world. I pray that we would be a people of love, that we would give up our our own selfish desires and look to share your love with the world. In your precious holy name we pray, amen.